You are listening to the CMC Podcast. Join us each week for messages designed to equip, inspire, and motivate. And now for today's message from Student Pastor Josh Barnett. I'm excited about tonight. Man, if you missed Paul Kern last week, whoo, I've been listening to him for a long time. And I got to listen to him a lot more than y'all do. And, uh, it's a blessing, not a curse. It's a blessing. Um, best sermon he's ever preached. It was in, can we honor Paul real quick? It was so, so good. And I texted him as soon as service was over. I was like, man, you were on fire. He was so anointed last week. He just communicated that so well. Um, and I got to follow that. Golly. Um, but Paul really laid the groundwork for, for the Holy Spirit, what we wanted to talk about tonight. Um, so if you miss that, if you're joining us on podcast or live stream or whatever, you miss Paul's uh, message, you need to check that one out. Even if you're in here tonight, um, check that message out because it was incredible and it laid a lot of the stuff out tonight that I want to talk about and that I want to teach on. Um, and so I'm not going to go into all the little details of what he spoke on. So if some things I say tonight might be a little confusing check back and blame Paul for not covering it last week. So, um, but ta- Paul really, you know, set me up this week. Um, he really talked about the infilling of the Holy Spirit and how important the Holy Spirit was and who is the Holy Spirit, where'd he come from and all that stuff. So, um, tonight I want to talk about how we have access to the fruit of the Spirit, how we have access to gifts in the Spirit and how you actually even get those things. And I think this is super fitting because I don't know if y'all know what Sunday is. Sunday's Pentecost. Sunday's, it's Pentecost Sunday, this Sunday, so I'm, I'm, that's neat. I don't think this is an accident um, that we're talking about this tonight. So I, I, we didn't plan it. Uh, originally, uh, Paul called me on Tuesday of last week and said, hey man, let's talk about the Holy Spirit the next two weeks. I'm like, all right, let's go. And then here we are right at Pentecost. So I'm, I am, I'm pumped. Um, I want to focus tonight on, on teaching on baptism in the Holy Spirit is what I want to talk about. And I know right when I say that, a lot of people get their you know, we put our walls up, we put our defenses up, we, you know, we, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do a brief overview. A lot of things that I talk about tonight, we could spend, you know, weeks on. We could spend all summer on. Uh, but I'm going to, I'm going to give us a brief overview on what is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And how do you get the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Is that, you know, even a thing? Is that separate from salvation? I want to, and then what happens, you know, when we get baptized in the Holy Spirit? So I'm going to, I'm going to teach on all those things. Um, I'm, and I'm just going to teach you from the word. You know, what's, what's the Bible say? It's, it's in here a lot. Um, so I want to talk about it. Um, and then I'm excited because at the end tonight, Jesus is going to teach us way better than I can. So um, I'm not here to debate anybody. I'm not here to, to try and really, you know, pull you one way or the other. That's, that's not really my heart. My heart is just, hey, let's go to the Bible and see what, what the Holy Spirit says in Scripture to us. I know that we all come from different backgrounds. I know we come from different backgrounds and I know, you know, there'll be different, you know, perceived things after I'm done tonight. You know, my, my uh, denominational uh, backgrounds, maybe Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian, Presbyterian brothers and sisters might leave here going, that dude is a kooky weirdo. <laughs> I, I am. And then, uh, but my charismatic assemblies of God, Pentecostal word of faith backgrounds may leave here thinking I didn't go deep enough. And so, you know, but I, I, all I ask in all of us to do tonight is let's look at scripture and let's see, let's see what the word of God plainly says. And then I want to actually talk to you about some of my own personal experiences with the Holy Spirit. Cause you know, a man that has a head full of knowledge can be talked out of anything, but a man who has actually experienced something can't be talked out of it. Um, and, and I don't want to settle 
I don't want to settle in my own life. I don't want the church to settle for an expression of Christianity that doesn't reflect this book. Um, one of my favorite quotes is, is uh, Pastor Bill Johnson. He says, we can't lower our standards to our own experiences. We must fight to raise our standards to what we see in God's word. And so let's get in tonight. What is it? What is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Paul ended so perfect. When Paul said Acts 19, that's already what I had in my notes where I wanted to start. And so this is the Lord, like this is the Holy Spirit right here. And so I want to, uh, or Acts 19. Um, And so I want to go to Acts 19. If you got your Bibles, I actually want to look at the end of Acts 18 leading into 19. So open your Bibles to Acts 18 verse 24. Acts 18, verse 24. It says, Meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, an eloquent speaker who knew Scripture well, had arrived in Ephesus from Alexandria in Egypt. He had been taught the way of the Lord, and he taught others about Jesus with an enthusiastic spirit and accuracy. However, he only knew about John's baptism. So when Priscilla and Aquila heard him preaching boldly in the synagogue, they took him inside and explained the way of God even more accurately. I love that. I got some Priscilla's and Aquila's in my life, and they're awesome. I, I am, hey, if two little old ladies talk to you in church, you need to listen to them. For real. <laughs> Um, but I love that. They, they took him aside. They didn't scold him in front of everybody. They took him aside and they explained the ways of God more accurately. Apollos had been thinking about going to wherever that place is. And the brothers and sisters in Ephesus encouraged him to go. Um, and so we see an incredible thing here. We see Apollos, who is an eloquent speaker, incredible speaker. We see that several times in Acts that he's just incredible, passionate about teaching about Jesus. Um, he says that he was a very accurate speaker. And, you know, he got people's attention when he taught. And I feel like we see that a lot in America. We have very eloquent, well-spoken speakers, but they're missing, they're missing something. They're missing something. So then you get into Acts 19, and you see, while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled, traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus, where Apollos just was. So these might have been the very men that Apollos was teaching that Paul comes across He says, where he found several believers. Verse two says, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He asked them, no, they replied. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Well, then what baptism do you experience? He asked, and they replied, the baptism of John. And Paul Paul said, John's baptism called for repentance from sin, but John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in other tongues and they prophesied. There were about 12 other men in all. And I, I feel like this is so many believers in America nowadays where they're born again. These are born again. It says they're believers, they're disciples, they're followers of Jesus, but they have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit. He's not asking them that they're saved. He's asking them if they have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. He's not classifying them. He's not judging them. He's simply asking them. We've got to be sure that our Christian experience comes from the word of God. And so I want you to know tonight, I'm not reaching for anything new. I'm not, I'm not adding to anything. I'm not looking for anything extra outside of Scripture. This is straight from God's Word. And so I want us to know tonight that baptism of the Holy Spirit is not salvation. And it doesn't come at salvation. 
It's a secondary experience. We see it right here in Acts 19. That is a secondary experience. Now, it can happen when you get saved. It can happen when you get baptized in water. But it is separate from salvation. There are lots of born-again believers across the world that have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit. You actually see similar stories in Acts chapter 8 and Acts chapter 10. In Acts chapter 8, Peter and John hear that in Samaria, that Philip has preached the gospel, but that they haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so they leave immediately to go teach them about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And they get there and they baptize Samaritans in the Holy Spirit. It's so cool. And it wasn't like a, hey, I'm going to run down the road and get them. They had to walk 35 miles. Not like load up in the minivan and drive 35 miles. They walked 35 miles because they heard somebody wasn't baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's how crucial and essential that they considered this to our walk with Christ. Acts chapter 10, you see Peter go to to a Gentile's house, Cornelius, who it says that he prayed often, that he had a relationship with the Lord. I believe Cornelius was saved, was born again, but Peter shows up and realizes they haven't received the Holy Spirit. And it says, while Peter is talking, the Holy Spirit falls on them, they all start speaking in tongues. (laughs) It was awesome. Now, I was taught... I went to Pentecostal school for a while, and I was taught that I had to speak in tongues to get into heaven. You don't find that in Scripture anywhere. That's not accurate. Um, I was taught that if you had not been baptized in the Spirit, evidenced by speaking in tongues, then you weren't going to heaven. I had also been made to believe if by, by other sects or other um, denominations or other people baptized in the Holy Spirit, that if you weren't baptized in the Holy Spirit, you were like some kind of like lesser Christian, that you were like second class and people walk around with like this air, like this pride of like, I'm better than you. And that's weird. That's not right. That's, that's perverted. That's not, that's not it. And I think that's the reason that so many believers get defensive about this. I think it's the believer, the reason that it can be such a divisive topic. But I believe in the power of God. And I believe we're going to experience the power of God tonight. And I agree with what Paul said last night, that if you have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, something's missing. You're saved. You're going to heaven. You can be even led by the Spirit. You can have a relationship with God. But if you have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, something is missing. Doesn't mean you're less of a Christian. Doesn't mean that God loves you any less. Doesn't mean that you can't do great things for God. I know amazing men and women of God who do amazing things for him all the time that have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit. But I I want you to know tonight that wherever you're at, if you're with us in here on live stream or podcast, it does mean that there is a power that you are missing out on. I wrote this down, simply this. Baptism in the Holy Spirit is an immersion into the presence of God that endows you with power from on high to live a supernatural kingdom lifestyle. Simply put, that is what the baptism of the Holy Spirit, an immersion into the presence of God that endows you with power from on high to live a supernatural kingdom life. It empowers you to walk in the fruit of the Spirit, to walk like, talk like, act like Jesus. It empowers you with the gifts of the Spirit to walk like, talk like, act like Jesus. And just like John the Baptist dunked people in water for the forgiveness of sins for repentance, we get dunked into the Holy Spirit by Jesus. People may lay hands on you and you may get baptized in the Holy Spirit, but do you know it's actually Jesus that dunks you into the presence of the Holy Spirit? It's actually kind of cool 
Because the, a man can't come to God unless the Holy Spirit draws him. So it's like the Holy Spirit baptizes us in the blood, and then a disciple baptizes us in water, and then Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Ephesians says that we're united under one baptism, right? We're united under one baptism, but we're also united under one God, and God likes to do things in threes. God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And so it's almost like there's like three baptisms, blood, water, spirit. Blood, water, spirit. In all four gospels, there's a, ver- there's a verse, John 1, 33, Luke 3, 16, Mark 1, 8, Matthew 3, 11, where John says, there's ones coming after me whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. And I baptize you with water, but he's gonna baptize you in the Holy Ghost and in fire. All four gospels, if it's in all four gospels, it's important. <laughs> it's in all four. And then Jesus told his very disciples in Acts chapter one, verse five, that John baptized you in water, but stay here in Jerusalem because in a few days, <laughs> I'm gonna baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in John 7, verse 37, in 30, 37 through 39, He's at a feast, feast of the tabernacle, celebration, all week long, people just partying, eating. Like a week, can we do a week-long feast? I'm, I'm down for that, I don't know if y'all. It says on the last day of the feast, at the climax of the festival, he stands up and says, all who are thirsty, come to me and drink. If any of you are thirsty, come to me and drink. And I will give you rivers of living water that will gush forth out of your belly. And then you go into verse 39 and it says, Jesus was prophesying about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that was to come. And it hadn't come yet because Jesus hadn't been glorified yet. But now he's been glorified and the Holy Spirit's here. Hmm. (laughs) The baptism of the Holy Spirit is not some extra token to some people who really pursue Jesus. It's for every believer. It's for every believer. And I believe baptism of the Holy Spirit is foundational to the gospel of Jesus. It's foundational to the gospel of Jesus. I mean, right there, John 7, he prophesied it. He said it was coming. Acts 1, he's like, you, you're gonna do these amazing things, but you better wait for the Holy Spirit. You better wait for the Holy Spirit. It is the, and Paul said it last week, Luke 24, the Holy Spirit is the promise of the Father. The promise of the Father, it's also found in Acts 1, verses 4 through 5. It is God's desire to baptize you in his presence. He desires for us to experience him. Understand that God was not finished at the resurrection. He wasn't. He wasn't done at the resurrection. The gospel wasn't finished at the resurrection. The gospel came to completion at Pentecost. At Pentecost. Because Jesus didn't want to send his disciples out to fulfill the Great Commission until after they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. So if you've only heard a gospel that promises that you get to go to heaven when you die, you did not hear the the full, complete gospel. You might have heard part of it, an amazing part of it, like praise the Lord, you know, get to go be in heaven when I die. But I also know that because of the baptism of the Holy Spirit that I get to experience heaven on earth. <laughs> this is fun. <laughs> 
So why do many believers not experience baptism in the Holy Spirit? Because you can be standing in a river and not yield to it. You can be standing in a river and not yield to the river. And listen, I personally believe that there are some people who have been baptized in the Holy Ghost and they don't even know it. Because I have watched some of my Baptist friends that are in ministry um, that don't preach this and don't believe in this and think this is something that has passed away. And I watch them operate in spiritual giftings. And I'm like, bro, that was prophetic, dude. Where'd that come from? It's all love. It's love. <laughs> and I believe that you can be baptized in the Holy Spirit multiple times. It's not necessary, but I believe that it can happen multiple times. I'd really like for it to happen to me tonight. <laughs> I've been dunked into his, pre- in, into his presence several times over the last 18 years. It's not something that I chase. I'm not just going after an emotion, not going after an experience. I just chase Jesus, and when he decides to dunk me, I let him dunk me. <laughs> Acts 1. He says, tarry here until the Holy Spirit comes. Sit and wait and you will be endowed with power from on high. Special gifts are given through this baptism. The fruit of the Spirit naturally begins to spring forth when you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5, 21 through 22. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. That's a good one and self-control. There is no law against such things. Now, you can practice these things without being baptized in the Holy Spirit, for sure. You can do some of it on your own willpower, but eventually you're going to fail. You can only, you know, how I say it, white-knuckle the steering wheel of life for so long. You need power from on high. You need the Holy Spirit to empower you to walk these things out. You actually have access to the, to the fruit of the Spirit. When you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I believe you have access to the fruit of the Spirit anytime you need it. Anytime that you need it. And listen, and I need patience a lot. I have four kids that are seven and under. I need lots of patience. Um, I believe that we have instant access to the fruit of the Spirit whenever we pray in the Spirit. Because whenever I'm feeling impatient and I start praying in the Spirit, patience comes. Whenever I'm feeling angry and I pray in the Spirit, anger goes away. Why? Because when we pray in the Spirit, our Spirit lines up directly with the Holy Spirit. Acts twenty six twenty seven says that He makes intercession for us on our behalf with groanings too deep for words. Tongues of unknown languages. We pray in the Spirit, and it begins to line our will up with his will. And you don't have to feel like it. The mouth of the prophet is subject to the prophet. And so whenever I want to pray in the Spirit, I can pray in the Spirit. Whenever I want to, any time of the day or night, I can pray in the Spirit. I don't have to be in an amazing, awesome worship set with Brandon serenading me. I can be in the heat of the moment, three in the morning, when my kid has just peed in the bed. That's the time I need it most. We have gifts. Which praying in the Spirit is one of those. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 through 11. 
It says there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it's the same God who works in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives wise advice. To another, it gives a message of special knowledge to another, a great faith to another gifts of healing to another, the power to perform miracles to another, the ability to prophesy to another, the ability to discern a message from the spirit of God and to uh, one, uh, one spirit from another spirit and still to another, the ability to speak in unknown languages while another is given to interpret that which is being said. It is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which person should have. So when I pray in the Spirit, when I pray in tongues, Jude 20 says that I'm building myself up in the most holy faith. It says pray in the Spirit at all times, build yourself up in the most holy faith. So are you lacking patience? Pray in the Spirit. Are you struggling with sin? Pray in the Spirit. There were some things that I could not overcome until I started praying in the Spirit. Can I be vulnerable for a second? I'm a man. I'm 30. I have eyes. There's children in the room, so I just I, I have a drive in me. And that itch comes. Can I be honest? It comes. Do you know how I overcome temptation to not scratch the itch? I pray in the Spirit. I pray in, that's what helps me overcome temptation. I pray in the Spirit because it builds me up in my most holy faith. And 1 John 5 says that our, that our victory over the world comes from our faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. <laughs> where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Amen. And a lot of people get caught up on, you know, we get caught up on tongues. We get, this is a, you know, this is the one thing a lot of times with baptism of the Holy Spirit that's super weird to people. This is one of the big deals. And, and you read the apostle Paul and he can be a tad confusing the way that he writes at first. Um, but I want to let you know tonight, speaking in tongues isn't weird. It's not weird. We make it weird. I think many times we're worried about people thinking that we're weird if they find out that we pray in tongues. But just walk with me for a second. Think about what you believe in general. Like, so you believe that a guy was born to a virgin, died on a cross, three days later he rose again, and one day he's coming back on a white horse. Oh, and all because a woman in a garden was talking to a snake and ate fruit? Yeah, that doesn't sound weird at all. <laughs> but if I have this gift that stirs up my most holy faith and I withhold that from people, that I have access to this gift that stirs up my most holy faith, that helps me overcome and I keep that from people, what does that make me? And listen, I'm saying it doesn't make me more of a Christian, doesn't make me more saved, but it does give me strength that I didn't have access to before. It gives me strength that I, like nothing else in this world has given me, it gives me strength. And listen, I believe this is God's heart cry for praying in tongues. 1 Corinthians 14, 5. I wish all of you spoke in tongues. That's what the Apostle Paul said to the Corinthian church. I wish all of you spoke in tongues. Now we could get into it, and I can, listen, I've got a whole lesson just on speaking in tongues that I, that I teach to our youth group, 
there are, there's different kinds of speaking in tongues. There's speaking in tongues in uh, a foreign language that you don't know that God has supernaturally gifted you for that is assigned to the unbeliever. And then there is speaking in, an un, they're speaking in a heavenly language that is a, a word for the entire church, but you have to have an interpreter present, somebody that has that gift to give that. But then there is a prayer language that Paul is talking about when he says, I wish all of you spoke in tongues. And then he goes on to boast and, and tell the Corinthians church because they were really abusing this gift which, by the way, just because somebody abuses truth doesn't mean that we have to neglect it. Just like if somebody has kids and they abuse their kids doesn't mean I have to abuse mine. But Paul, Paul goes on to boast and, and they're abusing this gift and Paul goes on to boast and says, I pray in tongues more than all of y'all. And I pray in the Spirit all the time. I was out, my kids catch me in the shower praying in the Spirit all the time. I was, in, I was just in there this morning, and when I got out, Judah said, I heard you in there praying to Jesus, Dad. I was like, yes, you did, bro. Yes, you did. The biggest hindrance, though, to that, the biggest hindrance to baptism of the Holy Spirit is right here. It's our heads. It's our heads. But Proverbs 3, 5 says, lean not on your own understanding, but trust in the Lord with all your heart. And especially, you know, in the Bible Belt, we want to be able to explain everything. This, and I'm an intellectual. I love debating. People hear that I pray in tongues and they're like, dude, you're like some kooky like weirdo, like, you know, whatever. But I, I like going deep in theology stuff. Like, I love debating. You know, me and Melissa Glenn, me and Brandon Tryon, like, we'll talk for an hour easy about something and we'll pick apart different verses and different things. I love theology. I love doctrine. I love going after all that stuff. I love it. It's amazing. So I don't check my brain at the door all the time. But when I pray in the spirit, my mind is unfruitful. So yeah, I kind of am checking my brain at that point. But never have I been over to overcome anything because of my brain. We don't have to know every single detail. We must be careful to think that we can understand everything about an infinite God. We cannot put God, he refuses to be put in a box. And 1 Corinthians 2.14 says that spiritual things sound foolish to the world. Spiritual things sound foolish, actually it says to the carnal mind. But he goes on to say in verse 16 of chapter 2, you've been given the mind of Christ. We are in danger of sounding like Pharisees when we call spiritual things weird. Because that's exactly what they did to Jesus. So people, you know, people doubt, you know. And and so, you know, the thing that I say is like, well, when people have this doubt, my question is, well, do you think that you can understand everything about God? Well, no, he's infinite. Well, then why do we expect to believe that everything he wants to download into us, we're going to be able to understand? Everything that he wants to come out of our mouth, we're going to be able to understand. Jesus' most common saying in the Gospels was, he who has ears, let him hear. Are there some things that we can definitively know? Yes, for sure. But there are some things that are a mystery. There are some things that are not going to make sense. Like, his grace doesn't make sense to me. Like, really, Lord? Me? Me? Golly. And listen, there's no formula to this. There's no formula to the baptism of the Spirit. Because he's not a formula, he's a person. The Holy Spirit isn't an it, he's a he. There's no formula to him. He is a he's a person. And it's not it's a gift. You don't earn it. Baptism of the Holy Spirit is a gift. It is not something that you earn and strive and fight for. 
It is a gift from your father, the promise. And it, it's, like a, it's like a wedding ring given to you. It's an engagement ring given to you until the second coming of Christ. It is that promise that we have knowing that he's here with us. Can I talk about some of my experiences real quick before we do worship? Praise the Lord. Most of you are still here. God doesn't just want us to know about him. He wants us to experience him. He doesn't just want us to know about him. He wants us to experience him. That's why he walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. That's why he came as a man for us so that we could have relationship with him. That's why he sent the Holy Spirit because he wants us to experience him, not just know about him. And I have experienced God in such deep, powerful ways that you ain't talking me out of it. You're not talking me out of it. I remember going to youth camp when I was 11 years old. I was too young to go to youth camp. I got to go because my mom worked at the church. And I remember coming up to the front during ministry time. I remember being so convicted by the Holy Spirit about little things. Gosh, if we could get back to being convicted about little things. If we could treat every ground as holy. I heard this the other day that God told Moses, take your feet off, this is holy ground. And that's how we should walk as believers because when we walk barefoot, we feel every little thing. Right? <laughs> it's not, I didn't say it. Wish I did. <laughs> but I remember going up at youth camp and I remember these men laying their hands on me talking in funny words that I didn't understand and I remember the power of God hitting me and I remember like feeling like I weighed a thousand pounds. Nobody pushed me, nobody blew on me, nothing weird happened. I just felt the power of God and I just fell down in the ground and I laid there and I couldn't move for an hour. I remember going back the next year at 12 years old and I remember coming up during worship, they, they offered baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I remember, I still remember the man who did it. The man's name was Nicky Keith. And he laid hands on me during a worship song. And he prayed that I'd be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And he began, he began to pray in the Spirit. And it felt like warm honey just covered my body. And then out of my belly, I didn't force nothing. Nothing possessed me. It was just like out of my mouth, it just came flowing like a river. Man. I remember running away from the Lord when I got older. I remember being the prodigal, but you know, the prodigal always knew the father was there. Never once did I doubt the existence of God. Right? I was talking to to Ella earlier today and she was saying that Miss Hetty told her once you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, it's like he gets that hook in there and you can, you can run away, but you can only run away for so long. He's going to reel you back in. And that's exactly what happened to me. And I, but I remember I remember I, I, I gave my life back to the Lord. I had a supernatural encounter with the Holy Spirit in the back of a barbecue restaurant. It sounds crazy, but I did. And uh, I was just overcome. I was weeping. And, uh, but I, I didn't pray in the Spirit because I had been running from the Lord. So I just didn't feel, I, I, I felt convicted about by the way I was living. And so I got back into it, but I was hanging out with this, this, uh, this Baptist Calvinist pastor who really put a lot of doubt in my heart about speaking in tongues. And, and then I met my lovely, life, my lovely wife, Sarah, and she told me that it was a deal breaker if I didn't speak in tongues. So I was like, let me figure this out. <laughs> and uh, I remember, I remember she, she brought home one day, she said, hey, I got this from the church. And it was Pastor Tim's teaching on the Holy Spirit in tongues. And I listened to it. And I was, I, I was just so frustrated because I felt like I couldn't get back to that place where I did it. And I stayed in a place uh, of two weeks of Lord, like, I, if this is what you want for me, I'll, I'll take it, Lord. I don't want to force it, but I'll just take it. Hmm. And he has a sense of humor. Because I worked for that Baptist preacher. I did landscaping for him. 
And I was sitting on his porch in January, 30 degrees outside, me and Jamie Dixon. Y'all remember Jamie Dixon? Me and Jamie Dixon, he came to Applied Life many years ago. We were sitting there and he, this guy sitting across from me, it's just us three, this man sitting across from me who's twice my age, doesn't believe in the Holy Spirit, thinks it's a bunch of gibberish. And, uh, and we're sitting there and we're praying before we go to work and Jamie starts praying in the Spirit. He didn't care. And I was freezing cold. I was mad that we were sitting on his porch with 30 degrees. I was like, dude, let's get in the truck where the heater is and pray. I was freezing cold. I was shivering. And all of a sudden, it felt like somebody just dumped warm honey on my head. And it covered my whole body. And I went from freezing to taking my jacket off. And guess what began to come out of my mouth? (laughs) Oh, it was so good. And sitting across from this guy who, who put doubt in my heart, but the Holy Spirit's not intimidated or ashamed. And neither should we be. Hmm. <laughs> I've, I, some of these things are going to sound weird to you, but I just want to let you know that these experiences with the Lord are available. I've been what some people call drunk in the Spirit. I've had the Holy Spirit just fill me with such overflowing joy that I'm just, I'm laughing. I'm laughing and crying all at the same time. In Acts, in Acts 2, they were like, these men are drunk. And Paul's like, we're not drunk, it's 10 a.m. It's the Holy Spirit. I've been, I, I've been what some people call baptized in fire. Holy Spirit, Jesus comes to baptize you in the Holy Ghost and in fire. I've been in worship services where it felt like my skin uncomfortably on fire. Where I'm like, Lord, stop touching me, it hurts. It's weird. I don't know, he's just, he's weird like that. He does what he wants to. I've seen, I've been healed in his presence. I had a neck injury one time, vanished in his presence. I've seen multiple people healed in, under the power of God. I've goosebumps, chills, sensations, different things. I've been just overcome with emotion, just a basket case. I heard this the other day, if you're walking with God, if you're walking with God and it's void of experience, you may not be walking with God, but with doctrine. Because we can be walking with the knowledge of God and not be walking with God. Doctrine's not bad. Doctrine's great. I love good sound doctrine. It's awesome. I was, uh, I was praying about this this morning, actually. I was like, Lord, why do we see, you know, over the years, I've seen so many people get baptized in the Spirit in youth camp. But I, I haven't seen it, like, on a regular basis. I don't see it, like, in main services. I don't see it. Um, I don't see it just, you know, randomly on the street. I don't see it in different places. I don't, you know, I don't see it when, um, when I pull this person aside and I, you know, I ask them if they've received it and they haven't received it. I'm like, Lord, why do we see it so often at youth camps and youth conferences? And his response back to me is, be- is because they don't have anywhere to go. They don't have anywhere to be. You know, the Holy Spirit got poured out on 120 in the upper room, but Jesus spoke to 500 at one time resurrected but only 120 of them waited in that upper room for 10 days i'm not saying it's going to take 10 days but but i have more seen it happen when people don't worry about what the next thing they got to get to where we don't try to fit god in our schedule but we allow ourselves to be to fit into his schedule Uh, can the band come back out? Are they back there? 
Let's let Jesus talk to us. Um, we get the word baptism because they used to dip, um, well, I don't know, they may still do it, I don't know. But the word baptism comes from uh, where you, you baptize a cloth into dye. And you pull it out and it's that color that you dip it into. Once you dip it and pull it out, that dye can never be taken out of that cloth. When you get baptized in the blood, his grace is good. And he forgave you for past, present, future sins. And he sees you as a spotless, blameless bride. It's amazing. And it doesn't make sense. Even when I was a prodigal, I still had a father. (laughs) But I never doubted that he wasn't there waiting on me. I never doubted that he was real. I hear so many young people going through, you know, valleys. I hear people, you know, they lost their faith because this happened or whatever happened, this happened, this happened. You got to get baptized in the Holy Ghost. Because listen, it wasn't apologetic classes at CMA that kept me saved. Those are great. Those are awesome, but those didn't keep me saved. It was because I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. It's because Perry Black and Nikki Keith laid their hands on me and they spoke in funny languages and I felt the power of the Holy Ghost. And you can't talk me out of that. (laughs) And listen, I know know we're in COVID and I know there's social distancing rules and I know all that. I would love to go around and lay hands on people, but I don't need to. Acts chapter 10 proves that. Jesus, Jesus doesn't, Jesus doesn't need me. He just needs me to get out of the way and let him come dunk you. I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit without anybody laying hands on me. And listen, I'm not, I'm not talking about chasing emotionalism. See, I'm speaking in tongues. I'm not chasing emotionalism or sensationalism, but we are chasing a God who created emotion. And it's okay to feel those things. It's okay to feel emotion. It's okay for, to let him overwhelm you. It's okay to look like a weirdo sometimes. And a, a lot of people, it, sometimes I, you know, I see this barrier is that people think, you know, well, I'm just not, I'm not worthy for that. I'm not worthy for him to touch you. But I want you to know he washed you completely clean. He washed you completely clean. You've been made worthy to receive the Holy Spirit tonight. And if you're on live stream, if you're watching right now in your house, you're worthy. The Holy Ghost, I'm prophesying right now, is going to come into homes that listen to this. I'm prophesying right now that the Holy Spirit is going to touch somebody listening to this podcast this week, next week, months from now. The Holy Spirit's going to come over you in your car. Please pull over and just let him, allow him to work on you. I don't care what you did last night. I don't care what you did five minutes before you came in here. You're clean. You're clean. Any unbelievers in here? You're clean. You're worthy to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You're worthy to let him pour himself all over you. Listen, maybe you need a fresh baptism tonight. I would love one. Come on. I would love one. Maybe you, maybe you have lost touch. Maybe you're struggling with the fruit of the Spirit or you're struggling with some sort of sin or you're struggling with depression or anxiety or fear or worry or maybe, you're, you know, maybe there's something in your body that needs to be healed. A baptism will heal it tonight. I believe it. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and power will come over you.
You have been listening to the CMC Podcast. For more information about CMC, our different conferences, Christian school, college internship, resources, and more, go to cmchurch.com.